Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Come with me on a journey into the mind, into the misunderstood and mysterious world of neurodiversity, into a place of daring discovery and desperate darkness, but also, you know, fun. Come with me if you dare into the neurodiversity. Blimey. Hello, that's a heavy title, isn't it? Fuck. Is that, is that a good title? Is that how we want to start this new podcast series, Colin? Is it? Might as well be dead. This potentially award-winning, life-changing, genre-redefining, revenue, revenue, you know, streaming podcast. Might as well be dead. Jesus Christ, sir, what a hor- what a horrible start to the series. God, good God, sir. I sound like one of those characters from an H.P. Lovecraft story, don't I? Or, or if you're unfamiliar with the works of H.P. Lovecraft, and you should be, uh, because they are rather mind-bending than maybe the works of, you know, Oscar Wilde when he did the picture of Dorian Gray. But I'm saying I sound like Oscar Wilde or a character from from those things, you know. Colin, do you have any idea of the forces you unleash here? You're taking us into the neuroverse, whatever that is, and you're starting with the title, might as well be dead. You tamper with powers here. You couldn't possibly fathom man. Oh, God, I'm going to have to swallow there. Ugh, bit of acid reflux coming up there. Um, that was a lot of... Ugh, ugh. Anyway... Not only is it a dreadful title for this first episode, but also a lot of a lot of slather, a lot of slathering. Um, are you still with us? I hope so. Okay. Well, we'll come back to the title. We will. Let's hit that red button. Okay. Sometimes in life, you've got to hit the red button. I don't mean the on the BBC thing on your your um, remote control. And, and you know what? I never really understood what that was. When it was a hit the red button, you go okay. I, I don't know what that is, but. When I say hit the red button, I mean, if you're a neurodiverse person, and this show is all about neurodiversity, this the clue is in the name, um, then w- my first bit of advice that I would say, remember to hit the red button. <laughs> when you Just imagine it. Imagine a red button. Don't just hit any old red button. Don't, don't go on a train and start hitting red buttons. No, that's not helpful to anyone. But just, you know, imagine a red button. It's what my wife says to me. My wife says a lot of good things. She should be doing this, really, not me. But she's, she says, hit the red button. <laughs> you know, when I'm getting carried away, when I'm getting stressed, when I'm getting down the rabbit hole, you know, hit the red button and then you pause. Stop. Right. Stop. What are we? What are we? What were you actually thinking about? What were you talking? I don't. I can't remember. I've gone all over the shop. No. Hit the red button. OK. Right. Let's go back. What were we thinking about? Oh, God. Oh, yes. 
Oh yes. Oh, it was that. Oh yes, I was talking about the title. You see that kind of thing. So, so I'll tell you now, straight off the off the bloody bat, I've got ADHD, also known as ADD, also known as ADD, uh, the rapper. <laughs> but um, what what ADHD is? It, attention deficit. Genuinely, I forget how what what the letters stand for when I talk to people about it, which is not a good start. People say, how do you know you've got ADHD? And I go, well, I mean, I, I, well, I can't remember what it stands for. So, you know, but anyway, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. I think they get rid of the hyperactive because uh, from my understanding for a long time, they thought ADHD was just people being hyperactive, you know, doing stuff like that, running around and throwing things and getting on tables and saying, I'm the king and stuff like that. Um, which actually the actual king, now we have a king. I don't think he does that enough. I, if I, wouldn't everyone love him so much more if the first thing he did, which just got on a table and went, I'm the king. I mean, I suppose it would be disrespectful to our lovely late queen. But, um, God, I said that sounded very insincere, didn't it? She was lovely in her way. I'm not a royalist. God, no. Quite the opposite. But, you know, not a bad egg. Oh, God, we're getting distracted. Hit the red button, Colin. OK, not that one. OK, so anyway, are you still with us? I do hope so. I wouldn't be. I won't lie. I, I'd have gone a long time ago by now. But yes, the title we will come back to the title and, you know, maybe it will make more sense uh, and be less horrible once we once we get into it. Be less horrible, not less horrible. We're not going Shakespearean. But l let's see what happens. So first... Let me explain what this show is. And thank you. Thank you, dear listener. In all sincerity, thank you. I, I One of my other struggles is insincerity. A lot of people think I've been very insincere, aloof, facetious. Words like this have been, have been cast my way in the past. By the way, I've gone very posh. I'm not sure why, because I'm from Nottingham, which is quite... I'm not posh Nottingham. Uh, would not even that poor Nottingham, but you know, Nottingham, Nottingham, and it's not like this. I don't know why I've gone like this, but bear with me. The Nottingham will come out. There we go. There he is. There he is. I often flip between these two things, you see, because I, when you when you're on neurodiverse, often you put on masks, you know, because you're not sure how to be. How I'm giving you way too much information right at the bat. I was hoping to sort of. I've got, believe it or not, I've written all this down, and I'm going back to it like a Bible, not like the Bible. Although I, I arguably I think what I've written is better. You know, don't come at me, religious people. But um, what? Oh God! Hit the red button, Colin. Yes. So what were we talking? Oh yes. So the other thing is, you know, I find, and, and this this is this explains since I realised I was neurodiverse, got diagnosed as neurodiverse, I've I've realised actors. I became an actor. You know, partly what it is. I think you go through life trying to to mask to be like other people. I don't know how to be a person in normal life. I, I, I don't. I don't. So, you know, and, and I, the general, I mean, you can see from most of my my um, roles on TV or my casting tapes, they're either sort of this posh sort of hello sort of nice chap or they're a sort of Nottingham bloke, do you know what I mean? Who's a bit like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, mate. I'm a bit stressed out now. You know, I tend to flip between the two. Sometimes I'll throw in a scouse, but very rarely. And occasionally I'm kind of like, you know, very tough Scottish guy. But generally it's it's those two. I'm try I, It's only recently I've realised... Oh, acting isn't just doing 
<laughs> just having two people you become and you get a casting and you go, is it A or is it B? You know, I've only come to realise more recently each character is different and you take your time with each one and you find a way, you know, to create each character unique, wonderful character. It's not just, is it character A or is it character B? Anyway, hit the red button. We're going way too fast. I've said hit the red button too many times. Um, what was I talking about? Hang on, back to the Bible. Yes, so, uh, yes, so with the neurodiversity, I probably missed a few things there, forgive me. But the other thing I want to, to throw out there right from the bat, just so you know where I'm coming from, um, A, I do have the ADD. That's a that's a fact. That's been diagnosed. Don't try and take it off me from my cold, dead hands, you will. Um, but I have that. And then I also have, um, I believe, for good reason, uh, and this is the first time I, I am sort of putting this publicly out there, very much believe I am autistic. Um, uh, this is, uh, again, I'd say backed up by that whole, you know, not knowing how to be a normal person and having to, to mask, you know, many... Uh, uh, autistic people have to mask to, to fit in. You know, they have to sort of behave a certain way. And and that's why um, they, they slip through the cracks, you know, and they, they don't get noticed. Um, I haven't been diagnosed with the autism. Part of this series is going to uh, document, I guess, my journey um, to, to seeing if that is the case. Uh, and if it's not the case then seeing how um, how I certainly have those traits. Um, and within my own family, uh, people have been or, and are being um, diagnosed and, and referred with autism. So it's it's not sort of out of nowhere, you know. And, um, uh, uh, well, basically what, what it was, was um, I was hearing about these things, these symptoms, whilst looking into, into my own, my, while my own family were getting help and um, going, oh, hang on a minute, oh, Oh, I think that's me, isn't it? Ah, and then my wife as well. You know, she she looked at these things and and she went, oh, oh, I think that might be you. I think that might be you. And I go, yes, yes, I I think it might be me. It certainly explains a heck of a lot. But anyway, we'll come back to all that. Back, back to the Bible. Back to the the bosom of the bard. To quote a, a random line from uh, the film The Tall Guy. I don't know if you ever saw that. I love that film. I love that film. Um, yes, so we'll come back to the title, as I say, and maybe it will will make more sense. Might as well be dead. Fuck, that's really going for it, you know. Um, but let's see. So first, yes, let me explain. Thank you, dear listener. That's where we were. I was saying thank you, dear listener, and I was saying how I often come across as insincere, un ungenuine, not genuine, and which, which is upsetting for me. Um, and I imagine a lot of neurodiverse people um, I guess, it's, again, it's another thing of the autism for me, um, is that I I guess it's hard when, when you're not necessarily sure how to emote or explain or just chat in a generally accepted way, then sometimes you come across and you say stuff and it's it does sound rude or aloof and actually you know the more me and my wife are sort of delving into this world of neurodiversity the more i talk about my wife as well the more i sound like she's not real it, i know it sounds like she's 
She's a sort of imaginary friend. She is real. She doesn't want to be on the podcast, and that's fair enough. Maybe one day she will be. Um, she's very much behind me, backing me up. Not right now. She's not in the room. She's not standing over me. But in many ways, she is. But anyway, um, I mean, I suppose my insincerity doesn't isn't helped by, by the fact that I'm always sort of making stupid jokes and, and comments and talking in characters and stuff, because then you go, well, who is it, Colin? Which, which are you? You know... So yes, so part of this journey is to understand what autism is. If I am it, it is me. If it is me, I'm not sure what the correct phrase is. Um, and also to explore my ADHD more, um, to build a bit of a community, you know, and, and to understand how do we find these, how do we navigate? Should we navigate like others? Should we find our own navigation? Should we form a commune somewhere and just... Do whatever the hell we want. And to hell with you neurotypical squares. So yes, back to the Bible. This is a show all about neurodiversity, which um, is frankly as new to me as it may be to some of you. You know, this is a new venture for me. It's a new venture for me. It's one I hope will be profitable. And so does my wife. In one or more of three ways. One way, money. Lots and lots of money. We want an extension. Two attention. Colin, you've really made me think, and given this whole topic of neurodiversity a whole new angle that we never expected. You've entered a new league here. Would you like a sitcom? Yes, please. Thank you. And also some more money. Three, failing achieving the money and the attention, then hopefully it will at the very least give me a creative outlet, a way of, of playing and processing my thoughts in, in what is a, a, a currently a very desperately much needed time. I really I really need this, you know, since discovering I'm neurodiverse and having a full on year. I had a very, very busy full on year. I did a lot of stuff, which was great. I did toured a show. I went all over the country. I um, I was in a, a few big uh, TV series. Uh, we, I got a house first time in my life. I got a house, Dad, um, and all this stuff, you know. And then since then, it's been a fairly quiet time, which is very difficult adapting to that, you know. And let's be honest, I'm 44. I'm almost definitely going for a midlife crisis, which is painful. Um, and I could really do with a, a lovely place to, to to waffle away, to chat away and a reason and a goal to process all this stuff. And because I am a attention-seeking actor twat, um, I, I want to do it into the microphone and into your ears. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you get something from it. Uh, and I, I hope I hope it's a nice trip into the neuroverse. So, so what is the show, Colin? What is this show? What has made you dabble in this arcane and dangerous study of the mind? Well, and forgive me if I repeat myself a few times here because I'm going between waffle and, and the Bible. But um, when I say the Bible, by the mean, I mean I mean stuff I've written down. I, I'm not reading from the. If you think this is the Bible, I, do, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to help you. Well, I suppose you, you're doing all right if you manage to get through life avoiding the Bible. I don't want to be controversial here, but that might be a good thing. It has caused a lot of problems over the years. Um, so this is a trip into the world of neurodiversity. I am a neurodiverse person. As I said, I have the ADHD, the ADD, the ADD. Um, I discovered it about a year ago, uh, and I immediately did a show that was sort of about it, because that's what I tend to do in life. Something happens, do a show about it! Um... And that show was the death of Anna Mann at the Edinburgh Festival. 
Anaman's a character that I created um, based on, on a wonderful person I met very briefly. I don't think they'd ever know it was based on them. But I met them very briefly and, and, and very quickly they I, I went away and went, God, this person's incredible. And I sort of created it. The character isn't a sort of parody of them. You know, it's just inspired by them. Um, and it's a, a, a female actress, a female actress, an actress um, is the character. It's not really a I've never really seen it as a drag thing, you know, um, but it's I, I'm currently you know, I'm actually developing a thing which is exploring what it is and why it is and all that stuff. Really, it was always just one of many characters I did. Or she was. She was just very powerful, very strong, um, very confident and very positive. All things which day to day I I often aren't. So it was great, I think, again, talking about the autism thing, talking about the the, the masks, the characters. She was one I could put on and I really don't mean this in a, a transgender way. Um, and obviously that's a, a whole other thing. I, I desperately don't want to say anything stupid here. But I don't think that was what was going on. I, I genuinely think Anna was just a character I could become. And for some reason, she was she was very strong and powerful. And, and I could do gigs as her and all this stuff. And I still am every now and again. She's, people keep saying, oh, is she dead? Because a lot of people came to really love Anna which was the most wonderful thing. But there, there was always this strange thing. I was like, oh, but who am I, you know? And the show, bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen it, but the show sort of leads to a point where Anna lets me go um, uh, because of the neurodiversity, because I've discovered I'm ADHD. And I believe, as I say, autism, which I don't mention in the show because that's a thing I want to I wanna properly explore and decide and realise and get diagnosed and so on. Um, and then Anna, Anna basically says over to you, Colin, and, and she goes. And then since then, fuck, complete nervous breakdown. Because <laughs> you see, I've really come to realise that Anna was, was a real crutch for me. A real way of not just doing gigs, but of kind of dealing with life. If I could just slip into Anna, you know, because... For me, as soon as a negative thing comes in or even, you know, someone looks at me in a way that I think, oh, God, what do they mean by that? Why are they looking like that? I go into rabbit holes. I go into stress. I forget to hit the red button. Anna's just like, oh, wonderful. Everyone's wonderful. Oh, God, I love it, darling. I love you. You're great. I love life. You know, the person who is based on the things she said that really blew my mind. She said she went to see the show and she sat there greedy with anticipation. Isn't that wonderful? Greedy with anticipation. <laughs> What a thing to be in life, to be greedy with anticipation as opposed to, you know, bored with the same old shit um, or, or just nervous about whatever's going to happen next. I'm greedy with anticipation. So she 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 very much became that for me. Um, but it was a crutch. And she empowered me. And this sounds, you know, I could just imagine friends of mine who are comedians are absolutely thinking this is nonsense and bullshit. But she 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 gave me a whole place I could go to and become. And um, not that I'd never like walk down the street dressed as Anna. As I say, it's, it's not a drag thing or a transgender thing in my mind. It really is. It's her. It's not about it's not even about the look, really. It's about the, the force, the life force. 
So, you know, I, I cast her off. I let her go. I became Colin doing me and I've been doing stand-up and it's, it's been going great I uh, in many ways, but I do feel, A, like I'm uh, sort of starting from scratch again, which is really weird. Um, and like I say, I discovered... Anna was a crutch which I have been using to make it through a world that I, I just don't understand. And, and by that, I guess I mean, you know, the opposite of neurodiverse, which is the neurotypical world. The normal world, or norm, normal to the neurotypical world, is the thing. The world, the society, the world is set out for a neurotypical mind. Um, and if you don't know what this all this means in, in a nutshell, and I, you know, I'm not a qualified a psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist or anything this is all stuff i'm learning so i'm passing on stuff which i've learned take it or don't uh tell me i'm talking bollocks whatever this is what i'm the sort of picture i'm getting as i travel through into the neuroverse as i say um so basically what i mean is in a nutshell neurodiverse people we're basically the x-men i don't think that's arrogant we're strange different oddities we don't fit in but we are fucking awesome and if given the right parameters we can do great things with our incredible powers okay everyone else is neurotypical Ugh. squares Ugh. <laughs> i joke of course i love my neurotypical uh, cousins and friends cousins in a broad sense i don't specifically have some neurotypical cousins i mean i may i to be honest i think most of my cousins are almost definitely neurodiverse having met them and you should but anyway the world is basically set up for neurotypical people so it's it can be hard and scary uh i mean the world's scary for everyone but sometimes but you know it's it's hard it no i think the difference is normal stuff is scary Scary stuff is also scary, but so is normal stuff. And often we might envy the neurotypical people. You know, we want to be normal. The thing about the X-Men, and there's going to be a lot of nerdy comic book references here. I apologize for that. It's the way I see the world. I, I grew up reading comics. I literally, when I have to do a um, something I'm not sure about, or I'm a bit like, nah, I literally sometimes picture a, a comic book scene <laughs> to try and explain to me how to, to deal with it. Um, but anyway, with the X-Men, as opposed to other superheroes, and I hope you've heard about the X-Men. If you haven't, Google it. They're wonderful. But with the X-Men, the thing about them is they want to be normal because even though their powers are amazing, they are also debilitating in many ways um, or set them out, make them feel like freaks. They can't function in a normal world. You know, and, and the X-Men are always moaning about having these superpowers, you know. <laughs> um, and, and but but, you know, all they really want is to be normal and fit in and have a normal life. You know, it's great being able to do, uh, you know, being able to become these different characters is a skill I have. And I think it at least partly comes from my neurodiversity. Um, it's a skill I've learned, discovered. Um, I'm not I'm far and away from being the best at it i'm certainly not the most successful at the in the world at it but i've done all right you know i've made a, a fairly good living over the years and i've met some amazing people and done some some wonderful things through because of it um so it is what it is a power you know in my case in other people it might be uh not not to to 
go into kind of um, stereotypes of you know the 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 um, the autistic savant kind of thing, but you know there are certain leanings because there's fixations on art or whatever. You know, um, there's stuff you can do, and it always presents differently for different people. But there's things you can do other people might not even think to do or might not know how to begin. But at the same time, you know, it's totally, terribly lonely sometimes. That was the voice of my teacher, Mr. Jones, when I was growing up. I used to talk like that. Everything he said was incredibly emotional. <laughs> it was quite incredible. I think his name was Mr. Jones. I might be thinking of Corporal Jones from Dad's Army. It was a long time ago. But he'd always talk about, you know, I remember he did a charity thing and he was talking about which is fair enough to get emotional. He was talking about the Romanian orphans. You remember that? Some people might remember that was was sort of the one year everyone was giving to that. And he's just got and these poor kids, you know. And, but then sometimes he'd just talk about, you know, um, I don't know, calculus. I don't really know what calculus is. He'd talk about uh, geography, you know. And if you look at the longitude and the latitude, you know, it's all, all very emotional, bless him. Anyway, God bless you, Mr. Jones. I had the awful realisation recently, almost... Probably most of my teachers are dead. And that was a very upsetting moment. I shared it on my friend's WhatsApp group and they did not thank me for it. Let me tell you that. Fucking hell, Colin. <laughs> Why do you have to say that? I'm sorry, I just read his bill. They're probably all dead. Hit the red button. Okay, we're back. Neurodiversity, it includes uh, A Diddy. Autism, dyslexia and dyspraxia. I know very little, as I say, about any of the science here, which I will be frequently reminding you. But as I gather more knowledge, I will impart some of that onto you. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for all the squares. Some of my best friends are neurotypicals, etc. But I, 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 I'm lying. I don't really have any best friends, which is another symptom. I do struggle with, with, with best friends. I do have a wife. I don't struggle with wives. I do have a wife and, and we will have an extension. And she's my best friend. I love her. Now, I perhaps I was being overly positive there with the whole, you know, very cheesy modern superpower, neurodiversity as superpower idea. Um, but it's not all fun and games. You know, it's hard. As I say, it, it, it's, it's thought of more of as a condition than a disorder these days. That's why it's ASC rather than AA. But, you know, it can make life very tricky dealing with basic things can elude us. Um, uh, the attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Again, that's something I had to look up just now, just because I genuinely forgot almost immediately what the words mean. Colin, don't get distracted. We all know what these things are probably better than you. You were telling us your story. Continue. Okay, we're still listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. So, as well as getting my diagnosis, doing a very successful but emotionally gruelling show about it and killing off my favourite character and potential cash cow, I've also stopped drinking. Drinking booze, I still drink water, but um, as I felt that that was perhaps getting a little bit out of control while I was on tour with the death of Anna Man, and also what I've come to realise since I've stopped drinking, you know, so basically I had a couple of drinks to get into character, right? When I was in Edinburgh, when I started at the Edinburgh Festival, um, the first night, someone, some uh, um, theatre act in the middle of the day in my venue had 
the most ridiculous amount of bizarre props, right? This always happens every year. There's some theatre group turns up with, well, we'll have a giant elephant head. It'll be amazing. You know, in all seriousness, I was this one year. Um, and it fucks everyone else off because everything else is delayed by like an hour because that, you know, the, the get in for that um, show took forever. So the first few nights, if there's someone who who brings in a massive set, it delays everyone. And I was so hyped up and stressed about the show in a good, in a nervous but good way. I got really into Elvis at the time and I was convinced I was going to make this show like an Elvis show, you know, like his big Las Vegas shows, but in a tiny room at the Edinburgh Festival. So I built myself up, built myself, built myself. And then the show didn't start. Oh, we're 10 minutes late. Okay. And then we're half an hour late and then we're an hour late and it was over an hour late. In that time, I was, I went up convinced I wasn't going to drink anything. I drank like half a bottle of wine by the time I went on. And it kind of works for Anna because it was a very evening with show. You know, it was her with a glass of wine and it was very blah, blah, blah. And then I, I did the show and then you're f- high as a fucking kite. It went great, but, you know, ba 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 up here, come off, have a few drinks. Of course you do. And that unfortunately carried on for the rest of the festival into the tour. And it was great. Don't get me wrong. Fucking love a nice Molbeck. I really do. But then me and my wife decided we would stop. Um, this January we stopped and it, it's the benefits are very clear. I'm not going to preach to you. It really does change your life for the better. However, drinking as well as um, being Anna was another was another massive crutch for me. I've since discovered a way for me to deal with normal life, you know. Um, so I've stopped the character. I've stopped drinking. Next, I'm planning on burning all my shoes and walking barefoot everywhere, as I don't think I've made life difficult enough for myself, quite frankly. But no, I'll come back to the whole drinking thing on another episode, as I think, you know, for a lot of people in my generation, it is at the heart of a huge number of problems. Uh, Again, not to get preachy, but I I, I think it can lead to a, a dearth if that is a word, an absolute bloody dearth of psychological issues, which I, frankly, I'm only just now coming to to realise. And so, yes, on top of all that, I had this big revelation that I've I've come to the conclusion that, yes, I am autistic. Um, As I say, this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, aside from some my family and some friends members of my family have had the diagnosis as i say uh which has led me to look at the condition and diagnose and go okay yes that's me and my wife oh yes that's you and as i say the end goal of this show if it has an end goal is to discover if i am it i mean i know i am but officially i guess uh you know what that means what that is and and why actually i don't think anyone knows why unless you think it's vaccines and i don't think we're going to go there i don't think we're going to do the vaccines but i i just needed a third thing really you know what it means what it is and why things work in threes ask any comedian or politician do it right now go have you asked one who was it i asked Keir starmer lovely chat oh don't come at me i'm sure he's fine now there is a strong neurodiverse community out there which i am now a part of i guess I haven't asked, but I assume I am. And self-diagnosis is considered an entirely viable thing. You know yourself better than anyone, right? But I guess it's a bit like being self-published if you're an author. You know it's the same, but your mum will not take it seriously or tell the neighbours. I mean, mean, until you're properly published. Uh, 
possibly you don't want your mum telling the neighbours. I don't know. So, yes, I am ADD. I believe I'm autistic. How is that, Colin? Well, it's been a lot. I don't mind saying. As I say, I don't have the official diagnosis of autism yet. The ADHD is helping me uh, not get around to that, for sure. But I am on the track of discovery. And I thought being someone who literally struggles with any human interaction that doesn't involve me performing, why not turn this journey into discovery, into a podcast? Maybe we'll get another bloody Edinburgh show out of it. Partly... I think it'd be a good idea and a way of helping create a community that could help me and each other. And also because I have to do something, I really need to do this. Tragically, I've got nothing else on at the minute. OK, that's not true. I, I do have other things on, but I'm, I'm just struggling con to connect with anything at the minute. I really am. It's, it's a problem. I, I fixate fixate over the wrong things, of course, and, and I'm currently fixated on doing this. So yay for you. But seriously, my mental health hasn't been great recently when your mental health goes doing what i'm doing you know being a comedian doing gigs doing castings uh, trying to write scripts if your mental health goes that's it you just don't get paid you know there's not if you can't produce the work that's it so it's a problem if I can't come up with ideas and shows and writing and do the castings and get the gigs and find the gigs, let alone bloody put, putting my social media stuff out there, which I, f I find really social media will do a whole thing on that. I find that really tricky and having to sort out my website and all this stuff. I know I'm preaching, you know, oh, poor me. Poor me. Cry me a river. I know, you know, a lot of people have it a lot trickier. I'm just saying... This is one of the reasons I want to do this show. I want to make it successful because if I can make it work, I, I, I'm hopefully putting some good in the world. I'm hopefully doing something good. I'm hopefully helping. And, and, and maybe this gives me a little bit of security in life for when all the, uh, for when tough gets, tough gets tough. <laughs> For when stuff gets tough, um, you know, uh, and we, we do need, it's not just the extension. We we obviously need we need to pay a mortgage now because we have a house. The extension is way off. Okay, so sorry to put the pressure on there, but please do listen, <laughs> keep listening. Let me know how it's going. Review it. Uh, tell your friends. Give it five stars if you dare. Um, at some point, we're going to Patreons and all that stuff. But anyway, anyway, blah 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 blue blue blue. Colin Holt. Are you still with me? I hope so. And there will be more talk of crutches and masks and booze and shoes uh, as this series progresses. But first, let's talk a little bit about who I am and what's going on here. I should mention two things now. One, the ADHD will take me all over the shop. It will be incredibly frustrating. You've probably already got that by now. On my script, this is about minute four. I'm currently on 35 minutes. <laughs> I once did a show... Um, at MacFest, Machuntliff Festival, which is wonderful festival. I highly recommend you go. It's a comedy festival, very good for for sort of um, people like me who are kind of you know interesting, but not quite there. Um, I did a show, a show which I'd already done at the Edinburgh Festival, so it's finished. I'd done it for a month, turned up, did it, got to the you know the looked at my my watch realized it was the end i had to go because another act was coming in and i'd only got through 20 minutes of the show how did that happen i don't know i disappeared in some sort of black hole 
and then reappeared again and it was the end of the show. But it wasn't because I'd only actually done 20 minutes worth of show. What was the rest of the 20 minutes? Was I just dancing nude? I don't know. We'll never know. But people seem to be enjoying it. Ah, yes. So I will forget what I'm talking about and never come back to what could have been amazing avenues of discovery. But that's just a part of traveling through the neuroverse. I'm hoping I'll learn a little more about how to navigate it, make it work myself through doing this. Um, Okay, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So two. God, it's genuinely gone. Shit, I'm very annoying. This is real. Hang on. Oh, yes. Two. I'm not in any way, as I say, qualified. I've looked into this a lot. I've gained some self-clean knowledge, but that isn't what this is. Don't take anything I say as correct advice or anything like that. If it works for you, great. Try it. Use it. See what happens. Let me know. This is about the journey, and I want you with me. I need you with me. Otherwise, I'm a mad middle-aged man talking into a microphone for no good reason. Now we leave the Neuroverse for an ad break, if you dare. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm back. So, as often happens, I plan this to be a, a, about 35, 40 minutes. I'm, um, I'm barely into what I've written for today's episode of Into the Neuroverse, the first episode. This will, I'd love to say this won't happen on subsequent episode, episodes, but it will. However, I have to get to the back, to the back, the back end. I can't even change, I can't even re-edit any of this. I have to get to the back end. I must explain why it's called Might As Well Be Dead. So let's let's go for it. Okay. Oh, God, there's so much to tell you. But who are you, you ask? Who are you? You've been talking at us for 35 minutes. Who the are you? And why? Again, we don't have an answer for the why. But I, I am Colin Holt. Yes, I am. Comedian, father, writer, and the captain of this journey into the alternate dimension known as the Neuroverse. <laughs> What is the neuroverse? I hear you cry. I don't know if I want that. Do I want that? Margaret? Margaret, do we do we want that? Do we want to go into the neuroverse? No, no, we're all right, thank you. Damn, we lost Margaret already. And whoever that fellow was with her, let's call him Roger, I guess. I'll just eject them out of the airlock. Hurtle off to oblivion. Roger there reminded me a little bit of a chap I saw at a theatre production. It was a great show. 
great play by one of the top playwrights playwrights in the country. Very driven man. Fuck. One of those people who's very shadow passing over you makes you feel like you're you're an absolute bellend. Anyway, I went to see the show at the National a long time ago. Can't remember what it was called, but it was marvellous. I loved it. Very big, broad, sort of, you know, quite comic booky in the way I like. Um, uh, and anyway, I, I, I saw this show and I, I loved it. And right at the end, this chap, right, we get to the interval... Fuck, what a first half. Powerful ideas, great characters, so much work and effort gone into it, right? But in a good way. Interval light comes on. We all, we all see each other. Oh, God. This man stands up, right? His wife, Margaret. This is in the interval. You know, everyone's going out for a wee and a, some ice cream. Uh, and never the twain shall meet. And this, But this man stands up and his wife will call her Margaret. She goes, what do you think, Roger? We'll call him Roger. And Roger, very convinced of his own opinion, just declares loudly, or at least loud enough, you know, for me to hear. And I was a few rows away. I didn't know this man. Too many themes. That's what he says. Too many themes. And just walks off. Doesn't look at Margaret. Doesn't sort of, you know, get into a debate about, oh, what do you mean, Roger, by too many? Why were there too many? Th just too many themes. And off he goes. I love that. Very good. Very good. This is what this is what I do, you see. This is one of my, this is how I've ended up being an actor, a character actor particularly. Uh I, I observe people all the fucking time. I'm just constantly watching. I'm surprised I don't get punched more, really, because people are like an alien species. I, I won't lie. You know, I'm obsessed with these little slices of life that you see every now and again uh, and and i get inspired by one and they become a character and it's it's basically how i've survived the last 20 years and i i i i'm i'm quite surprised it's worked i won't lie listener anyway too many themes that stuck in my head it really did get over it mate you know get over it don't worry about it too many themes um but let's stop the first stop on our journey into the neuroverse what is the neuroverse? It's it's this sort of trip into into this whole world of neurodiversity. We're piloting a starship, if you will. It's a bit like it's sort of Star Trek, but but in the neuroverse. I don't know. I'll probably drop drop that whole idea. But you know, we're piloting in on a journey which goes up and down and round and round and over there and possibly down here, but never in a straight line through the neuroverse to the first zone. We've come to the first zone, which we'll call. The Zone of Bad Mantras, also known as the Zone of Bad Stuff, what they put in your head. Hence the audacious title of this episode, Might As Well Be Dead. So let's go back to the beginning, our entrance to the world. As we enter this world, the real world, not the neuroverse world, and, and you know, if we're lucky, we, we grow up. But as we grow up, we hear these various phrases all around us. We see them as mantras that we hear daily over and over again. You know, they aren't necessarily seen as mantras by the people saying them at the time. They, they might think that they have the odd catchphrase, but probably they aren't even aware that they're saying these things over and over and over at all. But for the listener, as a toddler, these phrases, they seep in, you know. They're sort of absorbed every day like a sponge. And if there isn't a powerful counterphrase from another voice saying... Don't listen to that. It's bullshit. Then they become part of the fabric, you know, the walls that your brain is made out of. And not just as a kid, as an adult, you know, too many themes. That sentence, it's stuck in my head. I heard it from an absolute stranger, said with total conviction, stuck in my head. It's now spray painted onto the wall in the zone of bad mantras. This proud, posh head 
rears up every time I do something and I start going off on a tangent because of the ADHD and I think, God, I've said too much and I've said all these things and I can't stop speaking. I hear his voice, too many themes, you know. It's the, it's the dismissive nature of it, I think. But that's the thing that I heard as an adult in my 30s, for fuck's sake. And it, but it stuck, you know. But on some level, I, I know that it doesn't really matter. I, I, I didn't know this guy. It wasn't, it, it, you know, it wasn't my voice. It wasn't even my play. I, di I didn't need to take anything from him saying that. I can hear it. I can acknowledge it. Move on, you know. Leave it, mate. Move on, mate. It's not your play. Stop worrying about Roger. But it's not so much with those mantras that are put in there very early on. They get mixed in with the concrete, you know. Whatever happens or whatever I learn or how I develop or understand myself or change, these mantras, they become part of the brickwork and it's very hard to paint over them or scrub them away, even though I know they're unhelpful, unnecessary nonsense and a phrase that I heard a lot might as well be dead. I heard that over and over again. I'm not going to go into why or who or what. Well, what? Yes, but anyway. But it might as well be dead. Let's just say it was one of the primary mantras I heard every day directed not at me wasn't someone was telling me that i should be dead just at the world oh that poor person what they were going through all that time you know but when i've tried to talk to them about it they they don't remember i never said that i never said that but they'd say it all the time might as well be dead oh I might as well be dead just about anything you know bad things like if money was stolen or something but just also little things go on do the Uverin. Oh, I will in a minute. Oh, I might as well be dead. All right, I'll do it then, you know. But this is just the beginning of our journey into the neuroverse. Now, I don't want to go too heavy-handed into the whys and whos and such, but just take that phrase, might as well be dead, right? So I grew up in Nottingham, which is in the Midlands, you know, but to most of my London elite friends, it might as well be far, far up north. We're basically the Starks, you know, living in a, a constant winter with a hard earth. <laughs> But we were doing okay. Most of life was okay, comparatively. But obviously not for this person. They're going around saying, might as well be dead. And a little sponge, me, is absorbing all this. But like I say, when I brought it up, they they, they said, or, or they'd never remembered saying this at all. I mean, obviously that person was severely depressed. They were struggling with major mental health issues, which they, they would deny if you brought them up because they come from a time when mental health wasn't an acceptable thing. You know, you were locked away. You were shut up in a cage if people discovered you were mentally ill, or at least that's what everyone was afraid would happen. Or even beyond that, just incapable of, of not living life normally, of being normal, acting the same as everyone else, being that normal achieving person, the person who got on, who got things done, who didn't complain. If your brain wasn't letting you just do that, then you were mental and you needed locking away. So keep quiet, don't complain, don't voice the mad shit in your head. Now, if you're lucky enough to have art or some sort of creative outpouring, then you can pour that stuff out of you. It's a bit like, you know, a Dumbledore in Harry Potter, dreadful reference, I know, but when he pulls the, the memory out of his head and he puts it in the water so he can look at it, you know, that's what art can give you or any sort of creation. But if you can't, then it festers and grows inside and it, it comes out in phrases like, might as well be dead. Might as well be dead. That's going round in your head. Oddly, weirdly comforting phrases, even though they're the worst phrases you could say, really. I mean, life itself, you know, this, this great gift to... To say might as well be dead on a regular basis about nothing in particular, it's terribly destructive. 
And if from there you're you're seeking or getting help and people should have heard and helped this person. But let me tell you, a lot of people around me in that area in that time were just fuckers, you know, people who didn't help each other. They didn't recognize when there was a problem or if they did, they just ignored it. It's dreadfully painful stuff. And it pains me that a person was saying that over and over again. Might as well be dead. Might as well be dead. And no one even noticed. They didn't die, by the way, and they didn't they didn't end it all, if you're wondering. But as a as a child to be hearing that, for that to help build the walls of self-conscious. Jesus, I've gone in heavy, haven't I? What are you doing, Colin? Who's this for? You, I hope, and me. Might as well be dead. You know, another thing with the, the mental health back then, it was always held out as this threat, right? I'm not even so much talking as martyrs childhood, maybe the childhood before that, you know, it's held out as this threat, this fear. It wasn't like, oh, you have a mental health issue or you have a condition, you know, uh, or you just find life hard uh, and it doesn't make sense to you and you don't know why. Well, keep it to yourself, pal. And the threat, there was this song my family used to sing, they're coming to take me away, hee hee, they're coming to take me away, ha ha. Do you remember this? Anyone remember this? You hee, ha ha, hee hee, ha ha, the doctor's in the wired coast. It was like a sort of jolly 60s kooky song. I can't be bothered to look up who it was, but you might know. But they just, people would just sing it. They'd sing it. It would come out. They're coming to take me away. <laughs> because that was the fear, this underlying constant threat going on. That if you reveal the side of you that doesn't fit in, then rest assured, they are coming to take you away. <laughs> God, we're going in heavy again, Captain. Okay, okay, we'll slow down. Back to the bad mantras. So that's an example of a bad mantra that I heard a lot growing up. And it was planted in there. You know, at some point uh, it was planted in them as well. They heard it or decided it and then just said it over and over again. And as a little sponge, that was at least a big part of what I thought it meant to be alive, to survive in life. You know, you can't, you might as well be dead. God, this is heavy stuff. But anyway, discovering that I'm neurodiverse, I can see how this is easily compounded. You know, might as well be dead can be taken as the world doesn't accept me, doesn't want me, I don't know how to be normal, how to do chit-chat, how to do basic things. I get overwhelmed, I freeze, I panic. Simple, easy, common sense. Common sense, that bastion of every hideous fucking right-wing pundit you see on telly. It's, oh, it's common sense, isn't it? It's common sense, mate. It's common sense. It's something that's always eluded me. The very definition of it always eludes me because I don't have common sense. I have Colin sense. <laughs> and that is not always a very helpful sense or arguably even a thing. As an adult, I've used it to create and to make money to perform, which gives me a sense of worth and play, but I'm still knocked down over and over and over by the bad mantra going through, might as well be dead. Sometimes in the streets, I have the dreadful urge to just fall down and stay there, might as well be dead. You know, things, someone looks at me funny, you know, I get an unexpected, scary bill. Uh, you know, I, I went, a fucking, the dart charge suddenly got in touch with me. You owe 150 pounds, fuck, you know. I tread on a turd. I tread on a turd. My first thought, doesn't matter, does it? Fuck it, we all tread on turds, wipe it out. First thought, might as well be dead. Heavy stuff. There, leering behind the bad mantras scrolled on the wall, if you look close at these walls, they're pulsating, they're alive, because behind them is the bitter grin of the could-have-beens. You know, I built myself up, I beat myself up all the times. So I, I could have achieved this, I could have done that, you know. The other day I was thinking, why aren't I Christopher Nolan? What a weird thing to think. <laughs> Um, and you can become the victim to the bad mantras very quickly. 
you know, they can take over, they can control. But you don't have to listen to those voices. But that doesn't mean you, you don't have to acknowledge the role that they play in your sense of being stunted, not being able to, to captain the ship. Now, I've gone on a lot. I realize I've gone on a lot. And there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about here, uh, which I don't have time to. I don't want this to go. I don't want you to listen to this for more than an hour, partly because I want you to come back soon. Um, and there's loads more I could talk about. But just to get to the um, to get to the end. So I'm trying to make this show semi-improvised, semi-written. I know I haven't got my voice yet enough to just waffle on. So I'm trying to get my thoughts down on the page first and then work from there. But, you know... When I just even reading this back now and I, I feel terrible, you know, proper might as well be dead stuff. I had such high hopes. Oh, I was going to create this amazing new podcast. It was going to connect with people. I was going to start conversations. We were going to get a new kitchen. Then I reread it. Um, this is quite a head fuck, but I'm, I reread this earlier and then wrote what I'm saying to you now. But just go with it. Then I reread it and I think, oh, God, who the who is this absolute idiot? What am I talking about? No one needs this. No one wants to hear this. What am I doing? I'm annoying myself, you know? But what I think you have to try to do is, in these moments, hit the red button and then think the opposite. Think the opposite. The truth is, it doesn't matter that much, right? I put it out. Maybe a couple of people like it. I try again. I try to build something, maybe. I develop a voice. Who knows? More people start to listen. It builds. The thing is, you can make stuff matter too much sometimes. You can make things that in the grand scheme are just another day, another idea. It's a huge existential threat. You can feel a bit down that you're trodding a a bit of dog shit and you think you might as well be dead because the dog shit is representative of your whole world. But it's not. It has no bearing. It means nothing. And it's not an existential threat. So when it feels like that and you fixate... Your worst thoughts take over. It's a knee-jerk reaction because it's what you've you've got stuck in your head. The bad mantra might as well be dead. Try thinking the opposite. That's my little tip. I don't achieve it much at all, but I try. If it helps, sometimes imagine someone you really admire, you know, or someone who just seems really cool, right? Recently, I've been picturing Henry Cavill, okay? <laughs> this sounds, it's getting a little homoerotic. He's that very handsome young man who played um, Superman, in those not very good films, but he's he's cool. And I don't know why I think of him. I'm not that into those films or anything. I mean, I've seen them all, I'm a massive comic nerd. But, you know, but I imagine him, I imagine when I'm having these like might as well be dead attacks, I imagine he's there, right? And just in a relaxed, muscular, confident, but not arrogant fashion, he just says something like, yeah, yeah, you know, you you maybe you could think that. Um... Or maybe you could think, you know, the opposite. You trod in dog shit. But look, it's a sunny day. Isn't that great? Isn't it great there's a world at all? The fact that you're here and that there are dogs in it and that there are shoes. I mean, that wasn't the best example, but you get the idea. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, for example, I was with someone who's a friend of mine who was doing my nut in because they kept trying to give me advice on something like I'm doing to you now. But they... and. I got really like, oh, fuck off, you know. And then I went away and then I thought about it. I thought, the Henry Cavill thing, <laughs> I don't even know if Henry Cavill is even a positive person. But I thought, right, what would Henry Cavill think? And it was, um, oh, isn't it great you've got friends who care about you? <clears throat> wow. Very simple thing to think. But it's the opposite of might as well be dead, you know? 
I like Henry Cavill. I imagine he's an unbelievably privileged guy. And to be honest, I'm not that hot on his films, as I say. But he seems like he'd probably look for the positive in life and like he can put things into perspective. Also, I like that he's this very handsome, successful man, but he's also into Dungeons and Dragons. I like him and he's very useful uh, when all the dog shit bubbles up, you know, and I'm absolutely drowning in literally drowning in turds, but not literally. Thanks. So thank you. This is dedicated to Henry Cavill. So anyway, to finish, what I'll say as we head out of this zone of bad mantras on our first little journey into the neuroverse, I was going to give this whole thing a kind of Captain Kirk thing, but then I thought that's quite annoying, isn't it? But, you know, We've headed into the Neuroverse. We've taken a trip in. We're heading out of the zone of bad mantras. When you're heading down these dark paths that have been drilled into your brain since you were tiny and you've trod them over and over and over and you know they aren't good or right or helpful, try to maybe think of what the opposite would be and see if, if only for a moment, you can tread down that path instead. Because, you know, ultimately... The opposite of might as well be dead is you might as well live. There we go. Godspeed, fellow travellers in the Neuroverse. Our journey continues next week as we enter the Maze of Marvels. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 